You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall show and podcast. Broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia and houses 600 classic cars for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Be sure to check out more at ClassicAutoMall.com. Now on to the show with our host, President of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. And good morning, Steve. Good morning, Ethan. Good morning to listeners. It's uh, a beautiful sunny day in... September. September the 10th, mm-hmm. 2022. Whenever you may be listening to this, it probably isn't going to be September 10th, unless it's 2023. It, it'll it for sure be September 17th. Yes. <laughs> the first time you hear this. That's true, because we'll air it on America's Web Radio, where you can catch our show quasi-live for the first time. I guess for the first time it'll be aired. Yep. will be on America's Web Radio at 10 a.m. every Saturday. And it'll basically be the week prior show, uh, because we record them ahead of time, because... I have a tendency to cuss. <laughs> no, because you got to bleep half the show. Got bleep half the show because I'm jibber jabbering up here. No, uh, it's just we record ahead of, a week ahead of time, so it works out good, and it works out good if we have a guest who can't necessarily be here on the Saturday uh, that we actually record, and we like to record on Saturdays. You know why we like to record on Saturdays, Steve? Why? Because it's our busiest day, and lots of people are here at the, and it it gives good presence to what we do here. So mm-hmm. that's why we like to record. Well, on we Saturdays. got a big crowd today. And big crowd today we've got the uh, uh car show here in our parking lot it's just amazing it's uh the classic car show and bazaar americans for for you Ukra- i said fur for <laughs> ukraine come on you're on the radio now i know i know you can't say fur and Don't say w <laughs> yeah. it's that's one thing i got corrected in the radio when i was in the radio business the i asked one of the the djs i said i used to do these little live remote it's a long story and i'm mm-hmm. not gonna get into it but um I said, what's the one thing that I do wrong? And they say, you say W. And it's not W, it's W. So you have to say double U. Depends on where you're on the Mason-Dixon line. Well, <laughs> in the South, we have to say it that way. Otherwise, we say W. Right. So we try not to do that. Anyway, the Americans for Ukraine Classic Car Show and Bazaar is today. You won't know about this until it's already gone and passed. Uh, but uh, all the uh, proceeds will go to benefit the people of Ukraine. And, uh, the refugees and, and all. I met a Ukrainian girl mm-hmm. at, uh, who was a manager at a restaurant that I was at in, down in Tennessee. And, you know, she, I said, Oh, where are you from? And she said, Ukraine. And I started to say something. She said, I can't talk about it anymore. She mm-hmm. said it was just too much. So, yeah. so give if you can. And even, you know, obviously this show will be long gone and past, but, uh, you know, give if you can to the, uh, refugees and the Ukrainian people because, they deserve our help. And uh, I know that we have a lot of people that deserve our help that are in the U.S. as well, but we can try to be a little helpful to everybody. So, <laughs> so, but anyway, um, where do we sell cars this week, Steve? Where did you sell cars? Actually, it's two weeks. Fanfare? Where? I think, I don't know what happened there. That's clapping. You want the fan? That's for after your. All right, already. Oh, yes. 
Where did we sell cars this week? Right. I think that one stops on its own. I think it does too. I think maybe some of them do and some of them don't. But I want anyway. to say welcome in uh, to people coming in to TikTok Live. We're, yes. we're the Classic Automall Podcast. You want to tell us a little bit about the show? Yeah. We're a uh, one-hour broadcast uh, every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on America's Web Radio. And we usually do a little thing on TikTok and YouTube as well too. Uh, and if we have a guest that's not here, they're on uh, one of the call-in Zoom meeting type things. And we have them on there. And we talk about cars from the Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania, a uh, 336,000 square foot building mm-hmm. on 40 acres. I'll do a pan. Go ahead. Do a pan. And there's a car show out in the parking lot today and a gun show in our expo center. <laughs> so cars and guns. What a great combination. Lots right? happening in Morgantown, lots, Pennsylvania. Lots happening in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. And not to mention, we have this big uh, classic car show and bazaar at our place, which is probably four or 500 cars in our parking lot. In addition to the 700 cars for sale inside the building and the 300 barn finds on display, not mm-hmm. for sale in the building. So probably 1,400 cars on the property. And you know how much admission you pay to come see all these 1,400 cars? I don't see how much of these people paying up here. Uh, that'd be zero. Zero dollars. Cost you nothing. It's complimentary. <clears throat> 336,000 square feet. Yeah, right that's here eight mind. football fields. Yeah, uh, Full of cars. That's bigger than the casino. Yep. I keep bringing up that casino. Casino in Morgantown. The Hollywood <laughs> Casino. The Hollywood Casino, Morgantown. We were there last night. And didn't do as well as we have been doing, but we're ahead, so you know, we'll 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 live for another day. But anyway, back to <laughs> they won't hear that on Where did we sell cars to this week? Actually the past two weeks. How about Stewartstown, New Jersey, Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, Mason, Michigan, Voorhees, New Jersey, Elizabeth, Colorado, Flemington, New Jersey, Birdsboro, Pennsylvania, Cincinnati, Ohio, Nassau, Bahamas, interesting, mm. Mount Joy, Pennsylvania, Charlotte, North Carolina, Bluebell, Pennsylvania, Mount Carmel, Illinois, my friend is from there, Brunswick, Maryland, Exton, Pennsylvania, Berkeley, Massachusetts, McCungie, Pennsylvania, Flowertown, Pennsylvania, Millersville, Maryland, Old Bridge, New Jersey, Reading, Pennsylvania, twice, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Goldsboro, North Carolina, Fairfield, Connecticut, Daly City, California, Malta in the UK and Ankeny, Ohio, Ohio, Iowa, and mm-hmm. Kenny. I'm sure I'll get a letter for that. So <laughs> that's where we sold cars this week. We have been busy, busy, busy. The consignments are rolling in. It's it's that time of year when people are thinking about you know it's getting to be fall. Uh, I'm thinking about it's time to you know maybe it's time to sell the car. And where's a better place to bring it than Classic Auto Mall? We have no upfront fees and no monthly fees when you can sign your car with us. So you can bring your car here, leave it here for 90 days or longer until it sells, and uh, and we'll keep marketing it all over the world. And the beauty of what we do is that we, we added up what it, you would spend if you marketed your car the same way we market your car on your own. And because we get volume discount and that mm-hmm. kind of thing on everything that we do, we figured you would spend somewhere between $3,500 and $4,500 per car. And so if you think about that, and that's no guarantee that the car would be sold. That's just that it's marketed to the same places that we market for you. eBay and Hemmings and ClassicCars.com and Sports Car Market and AutoBuy and Auto Trader Classics and, you know, Classic Car. You know, the whole everywhere. Mm-hmm. We're at James List all over Europe. And uh, so uh, DuPont Registry. 
Um, so, you know, to do that on your own is a daunting task and expensive, and maybe you get no results. And usually, <clears throat> excuse me, usually people just pick one of those, you know. Correct, they'll, yeah. They'll, they'll do eBay or they'll do AutoTrader or one of the, right. just one, not all of them. So what we give you for no charge is millions and millions of views of your car. So, and, and usually what that does is two things. Number one, if it sells quickly, you knew that you were priced on the money. And if mm-hmm. it doesn't sell quickly, it, it's usually because it was, it's, it's a little overpriced. Mm-hmm. I mean, we take a wonderful set of pictures. We do a fantastic description. We are putting Putting them everywhere, all over the world. What's the last part of the puzzle, the reason the car doesn't sell? And generally speaking, it's because maybe it's a little overpriced or it's perceived as overpriced. And what you paid for it versus what it's worth uh, could be night and day. No different than what you see itself or on or one like itself or on Barrett-Jackson right. or Meekum or RM or any of those other auction sites, um, which I'm not downplaying them. I'm just saying that doesn't create that doesn't set the precedent of the value of what your car is. Your car is worth what your car is worth based mm-hmm. on what you've done to it and, and that kind of thing. So. And sometimes the the uh, modifications that you've done don't. There's not a one to one ratio. On it. Right. it might not get dollar for dollar. Right. You put a, a ten thousand dollar supercharger in it, Absolutely. but it might raise the price depending on the car, really. Well, and we say that a lot of times when we find that there are things that a car needs uh, or that we feel that it needs, we will say to the client, "Look." Um, your car needs the power brakes fixed mm-hmm. and that's a safety issue and it's an issue of something that we think that you should do regardless. But if the stereo doesn't work and it's a thousand dollar fix, then that's kind of a questionable area. And if the stereo doesn't work in our description, we're going to state non-working stereo uh, or the power brakes or whatever it is. Right. Usually the brakes, we don't allow that to happen because we don't want to have mm-hmm. any any kind of issue with somebody in uh, a safety issue, whether it's brakes or steering or anything like that. But uh, something that's more either cosmetic uh, or um, is superficial, mm-hmm. a radio or a heated seat or yeah. something that doesn't work, doesn't always make sense to fix it, you know. And a lot of guys like to have something to do on their cars when they get them. They like to tinker with them and, yeah. and fix them. Oh, I can fix that for cheaper. And then we get that all, all the time. So um, we'll make recommendations, but it's ultimately your car to decide what you want to do. So. But we'll tell you what we think anyway. And I mean, there, there are turnkey cars, then there are cars that are going to need something. Old cars leak oil. There's no doubt about it. And right. uh, you can address that or you can, yeah. They, they, they say if you have an oil leak, at least you know you have oil. That, that, <laughs> if a Corvair is not leaking oil, there's right. a problem. The engine's <laughs> probably seized up. So, and, and that's the thing. I mean, listen, they are old cars. And, it, and, and what people don't often realize is that they say, well, my car doesn't leak. Well, how often do you drive your car? Well, I drive it, you know, mm. th- three times a week. Yeah. Well, it probably doesn't leak oil, but a car that sits for a week or two or three or four, all of a sudden, all the oil that doesn't normally get all the way down into the pan is down into the pan mm-hmm. now. And and generally speaking, the pan won't, won't hold all the oil that's in the car because it's still clinging to other parts within the engine. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things that, um, um, you know, look – there are all kinds of quirks and things that go on with these old cars, and we do our best to describe what we know and don't know. But there are things that, you know, like that, that uh, uh, not not easily describable to somebody who's not very familiar with the right. hobby. Right. And the other the other thing is that we talked about this before is that if a car sits long enough, some of these old cork, you know, uh, what do you gaskets, call it? gaskets, thank yeah. you, gaskets and seals <laughs> yeah, those. dry up and and <laughs> right. cause an oil leak, and it's not a sometimes not a huge fix, but uh, somebody just doesn't want to do it. And yeah. And listen, here's people say, well, why didn't the seller fix it? 
on a particular X, Y, Z problem. Well, it may be in a state, and it may be it's too emotional for the for the for the wife or the significant other to fix the car, and a lot of times they just want it to go away. You know, this was their husband or their wife's pride and joy. And they want it to go away, and they yeah. don't really want to to, right. to spend a lot of time and effort on it. They just like it, and they like it when it comes to classic automobile because it's not totally leaving. Mm-hmm. You're just saying so long. You're mm-hmm. not saying farewell. Right. So right. <laughs> it's a stepping stone in a process. And maybe the people are not mechanically inclined, or maybe they don't have the money. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know times. Of, Maybe the reason they're selling the car is that times have gotten a little tough and they need a little extra cash. And, you know, the first thing to go is usually the 57 Chevy or the 57 T-Bird or the 77 Trans Am or whatever it is yep. is your your pride and joy. So, Especially when the kids don't want it. And, yeah, it's like antique furniture. Yep. You know, the kids don't want it. <laughs> they want Ikea. They want Ikea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a friend of mine who had uh, a whole house full of antique furniture. He said, okay, kids, mm. we're going to all come to the house and pick out what you want. And none of them wanted any of it. <laughs> who wants the grandfather clock? Right. Who wants grandma's piano? Crickets. Nobody. Do crickets yeah, do there? we have crickets on there? I believe we do. This is who wants that stuff. <laughs> Who wants it? Nobody wants it. But no different than the cars. You know, part of the popularity of car sense and these these online car buying Mm -hmm. experiences is a lot of them, millennials is not the right word, but a lot of the younger generation uh, don't really care about cars. It's it's just a mode, a way to get from point A to point B, and they really don't care what it looks like. They don't really care what color it is. They don't really care what it is as long as it – Fits into the budget of what they want, yeah. and they don't need to see it and drive it because they wouldn't know what to, you know, they wouldn't know how to test the car driving any more than you and I would know, you know, the latest dance how move to on tune TikTok. A piano. <laughs> you right. can tune a fish, but you can't tune a piano. Ario <laughs> Speedwagon, what a great album! Uh, see, I always reference this back be to the music. Classic automobile music show. <laughs> Always, we always divulge into music. We always, because oh, we way. love music. So, music. uh, and the Elvis movie we were just talking yep. about. So that was pretty cool. That's a music thing. And, uh, Tom Hanks's Parker was a pretty interesting character. It was. It? I wasn't too thrilled with it. By the way, uh, Elvis was the consummate car guy. Right? Yeah, he we can, was. We could do a whole show on Elvis, yeah. but, uh, 10 yeah. seconds. He bought, thank you. He <laughs> bought, uh, lots of Cadillacs for friends and for strangers he and did. for everybody. He and, really did. And had some cool, cool cars too. Mm-hmm. And I loved in the movie the cars that were outside the house. Right. That was really, really cool. So very accurate too. Yeah, very, very accurate. When we return, uh, to the Classic Auto Mall podcast, we'll talk about some of the new inventory that we've gotten in here over the past couple of weeks and, uh, some events coming up and some other things automotive. So we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall studios in beautiful, sunny downtown Morgantown, Pennsylvania. It's a sunny day today. It's not going to be sunny tomorrow, though. I hear it's going to rain. And Radnor Hunt is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Radnor Hunt is a local Philadelphia area Concours event. It's, it's on the same the level. Yeah, it's, it's the same level as Amelia or Pebble. It really is. It's it's as, as fine of a Concours de Elegance as you'll find anywhere. But uh, um doesn't look like the weather's going to cooperate for him with that. And uh, it's a shame. So forgot to mention our friends, the Pat Travers Man. Yep. They have a new album out. They were just here recently uh, in this area. And I was out of town again. So I'm sorry, mm. Pat. I'll make it to your show next time. And maybe next you can time you make it to our show. He should come make it to our show. You know who we can sign the car for? Who? Recently? Chubby Checker. Is that right? Yeah. Isn't that cool? A previously owned Chubby Checker. Yeah. Uh, currently owned. Cur- Ch- oh, Chubby currently Chubby. owned. Yeah, currently owned. So it's a 36 Piercero, I believe. I haven't seen the car okay. yet. I, I take it back. I have seen it from a distance, but it just... It's hard to, to distinguish cars when you see them from such a far He's distance. He's still with us. I, <laughs> I, I'm afraid to ask. I don't, I don't remember. I'm certain that but he's, he's. But he's from Philadelphia. Yeah, he is from. Well, and his name is something different. Yeah, than, it's not Chubby Church. Yeah, which I mean would be odd, right? <laughs> Your parents would really be like, yeah, that, oh, okay. Yeah, he's 80 years old, born in uh, uh, 1941. Mm-hmm. He's actually from Spring Gully. South Carolina. Okay. But I think he was many, 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 many years in Pennsylvania or Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah it's probably part of that whole <clears throat> bandstand yeah. thing. Yeah. Now I'm getting a frog in Dick, my throat. Thanks. Appreciate that. that. So yep. anyway, uh, so hopefully we'll have him on the show one of these days as well too. And we'll get more information about his car on the next show. And, uh, but thanks again to the Pat Travers band for mm-hmm. allowing us to use their music as our intro and outro. Um, we really appreciate that and, uh, go see him if you get a chance. Great show and great guitar player and fantastic, just p- great people. So, so new inventory this week. Yeah. Um, I picked an odd one, this first one, the 76 Oldsmobile Toronado Custom. It's not odd at all. <laughs> I mean, it's odd. It's but, Das Boat. It's our next, uh, it's, it's on my, uh, it's on TikTok. It's going to be on TikTok. We're going to feed, it's such a cool car. Go ahead. Well, we just fit, we just featured the Oldsmobile 98 on TikTok. Right. And how many views did Six, it have? We have 620,000 views. It's the top, you know, top viewed, uh, video of all time. And you know, it's the algorithm stuff. You don't know when it's going to hit or what. But apparently everybody in America had one at some time in their life, or their mother or their grandmother had one. Or neighbor or whatever, which is what fuels our hobby as That's much right. as anything is memories, is that, oh, we had one, or my grandpa had one, or, you know, you remember different things. And, uh, you know, I remember cars from a very young age because I was always into cars mm-hmm. for some reason. I We always talk about matchbox cars, and we've talked about this numerous times on the show, and I don't... No, 100% if that was me about it. I think the cool kids in the neighborhood, I think one of my distant, distant cousins had some cool car they brought to the house and had a cousin who had a motorcycle brought to the house. Right. So. But for the most part, when we were kids, mm-hmm. GM ruled. Absolutely. I mean, there wasn't Honda and Toyota. I mean, there no. were, but they were like really yeah. rare and yeah. uncommon. Oddball. Yeah, oddball. Well, think about the Toyota 2000 GT, a cool car. We never heard of it until many, many, many years later. I mean, right, you right. think about it. You you didn't know about that car in the 70s. Of course. No idea that that car existed. That's right. So everybody had an Oldsmobile or yeah. Buick or, or a Pontiac. Cadillac. Right. And so oh. you recognize those cars. That's so right. this Toronado's crimson red over white. It's got full documented ownership history, 455 cubic inch V8, three-speed automatic leather interior, uh, and they were front-wheel drive. 
Um, and the final year for the 455 in 1976. So, Front wheel drive. I did not know that. Yeah. The Tornado. Interesting. Yeah. So it had no drive shaft running up. So you had a nice flat floor, floor wow. in the front. My grandfather had an Eldorado that was like that. Okay. So. He, uh, he moved to Florida and bought an Eldorado in a leisure suit in 1968. So. And then he bought a, then he bought a Lincoln Versailles. Uh-huh. Remember those? Yeah. And it was tan and gold. Oh, wow. It was hideous. I mean, it was, and he had this powder blue. I've got to get that picture. Yeah. I have a picture of it somewhere. He's standing beside this Lincoln Versailles in a powder blue leisure suit with these collars that are uh-huh. about 10 feet long. Right. And oh, it was so funny. And what a horrible, horrible car that was. Sorry, Lincoln. You didn't get that one right. right. <laughs> I apologize. I don't know what to tell you. But anyway, this Tornado is really, really cool. So if you get a chance, check it out on our website. Well, it's the the brake lights on the on the top of the hood. Yeah, on top of the trunk. Top of the trunk. So that was the cool. first of the third row brake lights. That's awesome. Uh, you know, back in the day. So uh, we also got a wonderful '69 Mercury Cougar convertible. It's yellow over black. It's got known ownership as well. The original dealer order form and invoice, which is really neat to find stuff like that. If you have that kind of documentation on a car, it increases value. And we'll talk about some of that in a minute. But uh, 351 Windsor V8 and the C4 three-speed automatic transmission. Um, it's got a little bit of upgrades, uh, cosmetic respiration, some upgrades on the suspension and engine, and probably... You know, has full ownership history, so we know where. Oops, we know where that car has been and gone and come from and been to and where, why and what with all and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a really neat car. Yellow over black is really a good color for the Cougar, actually. And uh, speaking of good colors, we just got. We'll feature it in the next couple of weeks. A silver AMC AMX. Oh, really? And silver's a really good color uh-huh. for that car, and this car is really nice. We'll we'll get to that. In due time. We had a navy one, a navy blue one. I, I think we still, still no. I think it's still, still here. here. I think it's That's still in the main show. Really, yeah. those AMXs are so cool. They are cool. Little stubby pocket rockets. Yeah. You know, they really are. Three ninety. Three ninety and uh, the Go Pack and all that good stuff. Anyway, uh, a thirty-seven Buick Series Forty convertible sedan. It's blue over saddle. It's got the Fireball inline eight. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the th- three-speed manual transmission, saddle leather interior, and this thing is such a smooth driving car. You know. These 30s and 40s Buicks and, and Packards and, and all of that are just great driving cars. You know, it's amazing that with such limited technology back in the day that they could make like a Packard engine just sing. Inline 8, barely hear it running. Mm-hmm. You have to lean your head out the window to hear, is that car running? And it is. And how did they do that back then? I don't know how they, they figured out with very limited mm-hmm. uh, computer and, and no aerodynamic stuff and no... No, nothing. That I mean, you just had to do it by hand. You know, the way it like craftsman. It was very craftsmanish. Yeah, That's, hand built. You know, hand built versus you know not hand built. So, right. uh, but anyway, um, we also got in the what was the other car that we got? Oh, the seventy. We were just talking about this. Mm-hmm. Seventy three International Scout. <laughs> Amazing. I like the SUVs. Old SUVs are so hot right now, and this one was uh, very well done, uh, restored, and beautiful. Ceylon green poly over tan. I don't even know what that it's means. It's kind of like avocado. I want to, I should have said this in the video, but it's kind of like the avocado, avocado yeah. stuff you had in the, as a, in your appliances as yeah, a kid. You yeah. Know? It's guacamole yeah, exactly. <laughs> on wheels. Um, it's repainted, redone, restored. I mean, it's really, really nicely done. Uh, they, you know, the consigner, uh, took it to a, a reputable shop and they did all the work on it and it's just, Really, really well done. And all the receipts that come with the build and all that, which is important to know because it's it's nice to know, 
you know, here's the problem that a lot of guys run into with receipts on cars, and we were talking about this the other day, is that if you if you have a car for sale or if you sell your car that you put a lot of work into it, you want to keep the receipts because whatever the difference between what you sold it for and what you put into it is what you pay taxes on. Mm. So, But the new owner wants the receipts because that's part of the provenance of the car. So any receipts that you can provide to the new owner is going to be a huge benefit to him. However, you don't want to give it up. So we've got to figure out a way that people can – I guess maybe copies of the receipts would work for the guy, for the previous owners as it goes down its ownership history. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I'm going to check into that, and we'll talk about that more. Maybe they can do like a chip thing, like when you do with dogs. You put right. a little chip in there, and it stays with the dog. And, I like that. You know, like and you just stays scan in the, the car, car and yeah. it's, it's well, all there. Well, Mr. Orwell, that's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but if you can find a if you can find a rust free international, good luck. Yeah. Uh, this one is really nice, and, yeah. and they you know they're fetching. Good money because of the, the work that's put into them. Well, and because a lot of them were used as Absolutely. trucks. I mean, they were used. They weren't. They weren't babied like you might baby a, a you know a Cadillac convertible and put it in the garage every night. And Mama wiped it down every day. These were these were utility vehicles. The Broncos and the Scouts and the Blazers and the pickup trucks. And so, when you find one that's older, especially in original condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a real treat, and that's a real, a real find. Right, like we said in the video, it's not about luxury; it was about utility. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of hard surfaces, and it's very plain inside, and it's nothing like a Jeep. Uh, what is it, Premier or <laughs> Summit or whatever it's called? <laughs> the it, Grand it, Cherokee Summit. Summit, yeah, yeah with the V8. <laughs> no, yes. it's nothing like that. It's like the grand great grandfather of the, the oh, modern day SUVs. They were just metal and 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 not, engine. Yeah, if you look at the older Broncos, uh, I think a lot of people are surprised to see how utilitarian they yeah, really absolutely. are inside. You could just wash them out with a hose. Yeah, right. No reason not to, you That's know. Right. You think about that. I'd like to be able to wash some things in my house out with a hose. <laughs> just be able to spray the walls down or whatever. That would be nice. That would be nice. Uh, a 1970 Pontiac GTO convertible. It's Baja Gold or Baja mm-hmm. Gold over saddle. Uh, it's got the build sheet, the window mm-hmm. sticker. It's one 158 built. Muncie M21, four-speed. It's got a 74, 455 V8 in it, 12-boat rear. Um, man, this thing is really, really cool. Now, it doesn't have the original motor, mm-hmm. but I'll take a 455 in it. Yeah. I mean, it still looks all original on the outside. And that's one of the things that we, you know, we try to do our best and we, we hope that everybody tries to do their best. If we, if we can't prove something, we try not to say it. You know, mm-hmm. if we don't know if it's the original motor or if there's any kind of question about it, we'll put in the description, you know, based on what we see, we can't really verify or not verify that this is the original motor. Maybe the stamping's funny on the block, or maybe there's no stamping on the block when there should be, or maybe there is some uh, inconclusive information that we have. You know, most every part on the car that came with the car had some kind of stamping or, or numbers on it that equated to something. But when you go out and have your engine block redone and they refinish the block, they sometimes deck it and Mm -hmm. take that, and all of a sudden the numbers go away. And think about it. Nobody cared about matching numbers 25, 30 years ago. So who was thinking about that stuff? Nobody was thinking about that. Mm -hmm. You weren't worried about if it was the original motor. If the original motor went bad, you got a new motor. You didn't go rebuild that one. That would cost – it cost you – Probably cost you more to rebuild the motor back in the day than it would just go buy another one, you know. So if you think about that, uh, certainly makes sense. However, had we known what the values were going to do on 
muscle cars and classic cars and matching numbers cars, we probably would have. Crystal ball. But again, just because you know it doesn't mean you could afford to do it. Right. I mean, we, I had a 69 Z28 and had a 302 in it and blew the motor up and put a 350 in mm-hmm. it, you know, because I couldn't afford to rebuild. The rebuild was going to be like $1,700 and I could buy a 350 for, Four hundred dollars or something. So you know, it's one of those things that uh, you know, circumstances belie what you can and can't do in this hobby. And just because we had all these cars at our at at our uh, avail, and you could buy a Cobra for seven thousand dollars, or seven thousand dollars is a lot of money in nineteen seventy whenever. I'll never forget. I tried to talk my mom into buying the Hemi Superbird. It was orange (laughs) with a with a four speed. Yeah. And this was after my parents had just gotten divorced, so I think I was trying to guilt her into it. And I think I was about 12 or 13, and it was $3,000 for a Hemi four-speed Superbird with a big wing, orange, black vinyl top. And she almost bought it. I I can't imagine her going to the grocery store. Wow. (laughs) She was hip. So she ended up getting a Buick LeSabre 455 four-door hardtop. Right. That we flipped the breather on, and she couldn't understand that. We've talked about this, so mm-hmm. I won't bore you with that anymore. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the GTO is a wonderful car, and the same consigner brought us a 70 Chevelle SS396 convertible, black on black, very well executed restoration, uh, numbers matching 396, mm-hmm. 350 horse V8, uh, correct F41 suspension. Uh, it's got sinister black paint. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just is black, black, black. Um you know, it's funny about the Chevelle, uh, of, of, uh, of this era. It was in production for less than 13 years, mm-hmm. which is less time than the Cadillac CTS has been in production, really? which is an odd little bit of knowledge. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the Chevelle is really an interesting car. It was, it was initially intended as the successor to the uh, Bel Air, but then I guess they didn't get to it in time or whatever. You know, who knows what changed and, and and I think a lot of people think that the Chevelle was the successor to the Bel Air in some respects. Although, if you look at them, they look like two com- polar opposite cars. I mean, excuse me, I don't sure. do I have a cough button? You do. It sounds like you're in, down the hall. Yeah. Can we and will we be able to edit out all the DJs outside? We have DJs outside and live fo- music and f- live music and food trucks and bands and four or five hundred cars and people everywhere and. And uh, what a great turnout for this. I hope they raise a lot of money and uh, and do whatever they're supposed mm-hmm. to be doing. So, uh, And luckily the weather held for them. And like I'm afraid it's not going to hold tomorrow for our friends at uh, Radnor. And for you, Steve, because you seem <laughs> awfully excited about going to I was until you said it was going to rain tomorrow. <laughs> well, well so. I didn't make it rain. I'll, I just said it was going to rain. I'll be there. We have a tent, right? So. We do have – well, right. we don't – we didn't – they provide us with a tent yeah, that's where right. we park. That's what I mean. We have, we, a, we have yeah, a tent. Yeah, we've got five cars down there. Mm-hmm. And then we – well, actually, we have six. I'll tell you about the sixth one in a minute. All right. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, you know, speaking of, you know, we were talking about SUVs earlier about the Scout. My buddy, uh, just on Bring a Trailer not too long ago, bought an 84 Jeep J10 pickup, mm-hmm. right? Nice. Cool pickup. Yeah. $84,000. God, man, they used to be in field. You find one oh, in the field somewhere. Yeah. And he God. even, his comment, when people were, you know, hey, congratulations, or you paid too much, or whatever. Mm-hmm. he said, I know you all think I'm crazy. Probably right. <laughs> he did it in one of the feedback and bring a trailer. Um, wow. You know, and, and of course, 84000 was including the fees. And what do we mean when we say including fees mm-hmm. when a car sells on auction? Well, that means that if the auction house has a 10% buyer's fee and a 10% seller's fee, then 
Eighty-four thousand would be the selling price plus the ten percent that the buyer would pay. So mm-hmm. if a car sells for a hundred thousand dollars, the buyer pays a hundred and ten, and if the seller fee is ten percent, the seller gets ninety, and the spread is the auction house's mm-hmm. keep, which is twenty grand. Yeah. So when we say a lot of people, I, I, I say things that I assume everybody knows, and then I get questioned by people that say, well, I don't know what with fees means. And right. What what fees? It's well, kind of like closing costs when you buy yeah. a house. Well, or document fees when right. you buy a car. And yeah. I, I I try to refuse to pay those, mm-hmm. although sometimes it's on deaf ears. If I really want the car, I give in. Oh, but. doc fees are the are the least of your worries in, in nowadays. Yeah. Like they're adding all kinds of fees. Oh, my goodness gracious. That yeah. Day. Well, that Jeep Grand Cherokee Summit was a, a perfect example of that. When we return... <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about some more car stuff and uh, see what else is happening in the world of shows that we're out there. Talking about. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall studios. And more. I just heard a car start up in here. We're not supposed to do that. Usually. <laughs> Go tell uh, those people. Yeah, yeah right. Funny. We don't leave the keys in the car. Yeah, we do not leave the That's keys right. in the car. In it case was, anybody wants to know. Yeah, it was started up by one of our car specialists. They're actually moving it out of the back of the truck room, which is where we have cars inspected. So it's okay. I had a question about yes. How soon after you opened did you put lifts in? Was it or was it right away? Pretty close to right away because we realized that we wanted to get undercarriage pictures and that a lot of people sell cars. I don't. Well, probably still do today, but I don't think it's quite as prevalent anymore that they never showed underneath pictures mm-hmm. of a car. Very rarely did you ever see a car that there was any underneath pictures of the car. And that's, it's not pretty, right? but it's important. Necessary. You know, and it'll show people like people say, well, that car's got rust all over it. No, it's surface rust and surface rust and rust. Two different things. Two different aminals. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, you see, go next time you're driving down the highway and a load of new cars goes past you. Well, maybe not so much in this day and age, but yeah, probably still. Most of the cars will have some kind of rust on any of their metal parts underneath there. It's just a light little surface rust. It's not invasive. It's not problematic. It's not, you know, it doesn't cause issues with the car, but it's there. And so a lot of times when we show that, they say, well, that car's leaking oil, as we talked about earlier, or, you know, this looks right or wrong. Or if we notice something that maybe is structural in nature, then we'll tell them. You know, we'll say, look, Mm -hmm. we think this has been replaced, or the floor plans have been replaced, or something has been replaced on the car, and it needed it because you... You know, you, you want them to be safe. These older cars, I mean, these frames can rust out, especially in whatever climate you're in. You know, if it's in the West, mm-hmm. I mean, I know my partner has a bunch of cars in a field in Montana. Is that right? They've, and they've been out in the field for like 20 years, and they look, they've never rusted. Right. They don't rust. They're, there's no rust on them at all. It's like, how can that possibly be? Yeah. 
But it can be, and it is be, and it will be. Yeah, you know? in Pennsylvania, if you leave your, if I don't drive for three days, my brakes get a little surface rust <laughs> yeah, on them. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So it's just the humidity in the air mm-hmm. will, will do it to you. But absolutely. but surface rust can be can be easily. I mean, cosmetically taken care of. Uh, well, absolutely, you can do that. And if you want to put your car up on a lift on a regular basis and clean it and, mm. you know, wipe down those areas real good. I mean, some people care about that and some people don't. Yeah. And some people just want a driver quality car because I've seen and you've seen and we've all seen guys over restore their cars. And guess what happens? They never drive Don't drive it. They're right. too afraid to drive it because it's too nice. I made the stupid thing too nice. Those are the guys with the mirrors at the car shows. Yeah. <laughs> the yes. long mirrors underneath. Yes. You can see the, the bed, but... Well, it's why guys who have real Cobras will buy a replica Cobra to mm-hmm. drive, just something to drive because they're, they're afraid to drive it. It's too expensive or they don't, you know, they're afraid because if it's aluminum bodied, you certainly got to be careful of that because, man, you get a dent in an aluminum bodied car and, and uh, that's not pretty. Right. And so, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things that a lot of people – when they see the undercarriage of the car, they say, oh, good. It looks used and worn a little bit, and I like that because I want to drive this car, and there's a scratch on it, and it's not going to drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, Kathy put a, put a little tiny rock or chip on her door yesterday, and <laughs> oh. she was just so upset about it. Right. And it's like curbing your wheels, you know. You just, oh, it just pains you to do it. So, But, you know, it's one of those things that, that happens, and the first chip is the – the first chip is the deepest, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's true. Well, you have the honeymoon phase with yeah. the car, yeah. right, where you don't care about – well, you really care about dings and – Yeah, nothing. anything. You know, right. park a don't, mile don't away. Eat in, don't eat in my car. <laughs> yeah, park, a, park a mile away. And then you get into the like, oh, okay, yeah. I got a ding, so now – And then you got uh, peanut shells on the floor where you've been eating <laughs> peanuts and just throwing them on the yeah. floor and trash. And, yeah. you know, oh, it's got dings and chips and rocks. And I hadn't washed it and brake dust all over the front wheels and, you know. It's natural progression. Yeah, it's a very natural progression. I just – uh, did a road trip uh, down to Tennessee and take our truck and trailer to do the shows we're doing down there. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, we bought a 17 Dually uh, 3500 series high country and pulling a 28 foot, not aluminum trailer, steel trailer. Couldn't find an aluminum trailer. Mm-hmm. And with a car in it, that thing pulled like a rock star. It was unbelievable. It was just, you could barely tell that the trailer was back there. Amazing. And the diesel, you can hardly hear it. Right. You know, so, I mean, crazy how well, the technology and how far they've come. I was just joking mm-hmm. Harry Dinwiddie, who was on our show a few weeks ago, and, and is one of our car specialists and was helping us out down in Pigeon Forge. He, he has a 99 F350, and he's like, dude. <laughs> They're not even in the same category. One's a Bentley and the other is uh, a, you know. A Ford. A Ford. Uh, yeah, a Ford. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to. No, de- no. We love Fords. Denigrate Fords. We love Fords. We have lots of Fords in the building. But, That's right. Uh, <laughs> we're, ton of Fords. No, please don't have a Ford revolt. We hope Ford will sponsor the show. <laughs> yeah, hey, Ford and Coca-Cola. Ford performance. We had uh, yeah. uh, John Clore on. Yeah, we had John Clore on. He really was a good. great guest. Yep. And, uh, you know, what a great gig he's got. But, uh, but anyway, sorry. Uh, I'll get off of my uh, digressing. Anyway, so Harry works for us and does these shows out and about. But, you know, we've been talking about how do we capture cars from a further distance. We'd like to get to a 1,000 cars in the building. And to do that, we need to start broadening our expansion Mm -hmm. of consignments coming from a further distance. So if you're a car guy, you love to talk about cars, and you go to car shows every weekend, and it's somewhere on the East Coast, give me a call. 
because we're looking for marketing team <clears throat> for consignments mm-hmm. uh, that can help bring inventory to Classic Auto Mall, and we'll reward you with that. We'll 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 pay you a you know a fee, and we'll discuss all that if you call me directly. Mm-hmm. Um, you can reach us at eight 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 two two seven zero nine one four or six ten nine zero one three eight zero four, and uh, give me a call. Uh, my name's Stuart, and just ask for me. And uh, you know we're looking to add some people down in the Carolinas and maybe down in Georgia and down in Alabama and Kentucky and Ohio. And so if you live, you know, within three, 400 miles, 500 miles of here, and you're interested in, we'll provide you the whole packet, well, you know, brochures and business cards and all that good stuff. And you can, you can get us uh, consignments to bring them to us. That's and right. We can tell you about the whole program. So give me a call if, you, if you're interested. If you know somebody's interested, pass on the information to them. And, hey, how cool. Get paid to go to a car show. Well, you're at the car show. This is how I – what I'm doing with Classic Automobile because I'm at car shows anyway. I thought, well, sure. why not talk be to people? Specialist. Yeah, be a car specialist. Set up a, a little table, a little mm-hmm. booth, and answer questions about the process of consigning a Classic Automobile. And people are really interested in it. And, yeah, I, I love the idea of stretching our uh, – uh, broadening our, our horizons. Broadening our territory. Well, and the great thing about it is is we've got some great marketing tools, too. I mean, if you show anybody our drone footage video, yep. and you haven't seen it, go to YouTube and type in Classic Automall Drone Footage, and it'll blow you away, especially if you've never been here. God, yeah. I just saw another video. That's, oh, it was the Hendrix, uh, Hendrix Collection. I've been there. Well, they did, now they did a drone fly. Oh, they, did they? They've they been inspired they, by I us. I think they but, were inspired by but us. But it just came out yesterday or the day before. I said, wow, that looks familiar. Yeah. that's <laughs> You know, a lot of people are starting to do that. Yeah. I'm starting to see that uh, uh, in a lot of different settings. And, hey, good for them. Listen, we were probably one of the first to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we found a guy who did great, who gave great drone. <laughs> so he was fantastic yeah. at it. And we had seen, he had done a wedding venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy, Nick Lang is Nick, the guy's yep. name who does, did our drone footage and a fantastic operator. And he had done a wedding venue with the rafters and this mm-hmm. barn type situation. He was flying through the rafters and we're like, wait a minute. How cool. Why, why are we not doing mm-hmm. that here? And so we did it, and he actually flew through the back of a couple of uh, uh, panel delivery or, or actually like uh, produce-type trucks that are right. open on the sides. They have the roll-up flaps, and he flew right through them and right above He had the everything. goggles on, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cr- yeah. I mean, the number one question is like, how did you – why would you let somebody yeah. fly a drone through it? But it's, a, it, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's an amazing footage, and it was very well thought out. He mm-hmm. spent probably – I don't know, an, an, an inordinate significant amount of time researching how to do it, how to best do it, where to fly, where to go, where to turn, where to go through, where you had enough clearance, where you might mm. be questionable. So it looks riskier than it is. Right, right. We're not the free climbing guy. <laughs> you know, we're not the guy climbing up right. mountains with no rope on. I yeah. mean, we, we did our homework on this. We weren't going to just let our cars sure. uh, be uh, subjected to, you know, who knows what and why and when and where. So, but anyway, he did a fantastic job, job. Nick Lang. Nick, I still want a cut of the, uh, all the stuff I've been promoting you on. And, <laughs> you know, if you did the Hendrick thing, then power to you, brother. I don't think he, I don't think he did, but I think the classic auto mall was probably the, uh, his sh- shining I would say so. It has more views. He he has it posted as well on his uh, YouTube channel, and it's got tons of tons of views. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, he's uh, he really uh, 
does a great job, and we really appreciate everything you did. And uh, we'll uh, look forward to probably redoing one here one of these days, too. Mm-hmm. We're going to do some outside photographs of our building and cars and stuff out there uh, coming up here pretty soon. You could probably check your roof, too, with that thing. I think we could check <laughs> our roof. <laughs> with the drone. I don't know why I haven't bought a drone. Send it up there. And why haven't I not bought a drone? Well, we, we looked into it. We're, gonna, we're, we're definitely uh, All right. we're looking into it. It's All at least $1,000 for a good one. So. Yeah, so, well, that's, uh, you know. Better start saving your pennies. <laughs> I tell you what, it's expensive to run this building. There's no no, mm-hmm. no question about it. With the lights and the power and the and the overhead and the staff that we require, it's it's a lot to to keep up. But man, oh man, oh man, you know, got to pinch myself every day when I come I'm in sure here and be thankful that yeah. uh, able to do. It's so funny when I, when I met my partner, he said, "Do you have a, any idea about how to run a business of this scope and size?" I said, "I've already got the business plan." And and the only reason I had the business plan, it was just a dream. It right. was like if, when, maybe, oh, sort of, if I could. Who knew? I never thought that we would get an opportunity to have a building mm-hmm. like this. We looked at a building in Pigeon Forge, the old Boyd's Bear and the uh, Dick Clark uh, facility. It was 112,000 square foot. This is 336,000 square feet. And the 112,000 square foot building was great, but it was double the price of what we bought this building for. And But there was some acreage and property, and mm-hmm. it was in a very high density tourist area, 11, 12 million people mm-hmm. a year coming through mm-hmm. Pigeon Forge Gatlinburg, which we're going to be at some shows coming up this week. That, uh, but we didn't do it and never really came to fruition and just could never put a deal together. And then it turns out my buddy, Darby Campbell, bought it and turned it into a margarita campground and a lodge and took this big building and turned it into the lodge and all the extra parking became campsites mm-hmm. out there. And it's all themed Jimmy Buffett margarita. He's partners with Jimmy Buffett. Oh, nice. So, so yeah, so it worked out great, and uh, and and it turned out that was a good use for the building, and it didn't get just demolished like a lot of buildings mm-hmm. are getting because it's such a waste to see a building demolished. Yeah, don't build a building with single purpose in mind. Right. Make sure that you think about if this doesn't work, what else could this building be used for? And I'll give you other lessons in real estate when we return. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes to see you. Call J C Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast live Memorex from Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Where's Morgantown? You ask. It's an, I don't know, but it's, I was thinking. What How'd you, you get here? What you were saying about the the radius, the business that you that you set up here yeah. had to be rolling the dice, knowing that it wasn't a major metropolitan area. It was between a couple major, yeah. major metropolitan. But man, you're this is farm. This was farm country before. Farm country. With the turnpike running through. Amish country. Yeah. Uh, and also, I wasn't sure about how many cars were in this part of the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't, you know, you know that Southern California's got lots of cars. You know that's, you know, Florida, Arizona, Florida, Florida, Florida. Mm-hmm. uh, you know, 
you know they have lots of cars because their climate dictates that and lends itself well to that. And there's a lot of money in those areas. But never did I realize how many cars were in this part of the world. I mean, and, and so how did you like? How did it start the first? Did you have ten cars in here? So yeah, basically. So we right. had my partner bought the building in sixteen. We started the business January first of eighteen. So he bought the building, put his four hundred at the time four hundred. We sold a hundred of them. Put, put uh-huh. four hundred barn finds hmm. in here. And then he decided, well, there's so much more space because mm-hmm. all the cars were just up against the windows with a curtain behind them. And there was a whole room left mm-hmm. over. And But it looked really cool. And thank God he did that because I don't know that even if it was my dream scenario, I would have said, oh, man, this is overwhelming. If it had just been a bunch of empty rooms. Right. It maybe would have been too much to, to think that it would could I could make this work. But the way he had it laid out, it seemed like, well, it doesn't take that much to fill this place. Mm-hmm. you know. So – we started out, I mean, we, we probably had eight or nine cars in the main showroom. That mm-hmm. first little room over mm-hmm. there, we, it was our photo booth. We had some black pipe and drape up and we pulled the car in there and we were advertising on sites and websites and <laughs> all that. And, uh, we, uh, you know, all of a sudden we did the Philly Auto Show in January and then some other events. And before you know it, that just, it kept rolling. I had a vision of the marketing and everything that I wanted to do. Right. But, you know, it required, um, you know, some money up front to do it. And mm-hmm. I never had that uh, capability to come up with that kind of money that we needed to do. Yeah. So that was where my partner came in, and he certainly uh, helped, you know, make this thing what it was. And So when you had those nine or ten cars, at what point did you go, wow, this this actually could, could work because now I have 50 yeah. cars or 100 cars? It was cars. probably three or four months That's into it. it, yeah, where oh. we started thinking, you know what, this is really working. But I remember we used to keep the front doors locked. Mm-hmm. And Kathy had a little dinger on the front door, and it would ring. It'd go ding ding, uh-huh. and we knew somebody was ringing the bell. Mm-hmm. Or they would come in the door, and we'd know it. And we had a little, uh, a comp- uh, like a video camera robot thing that would greet them, and Kathy could be speaking to them when oh, they wow. came in. Mm-hmm. But when we did the Filiano show, we just locked the doors and went to the Filiano show for five days wow. or six days. Well, you can know, you imagine? yeah, I can't imagine <laughs> that now. So, uh, but yeah, about six months in, we started thinking, you know what, this is really starting to work. Wow. And, and the good news is, is that my partner and I both looked at each other almost from day one and said, look, we're going to do it for two years and we're not going to talk about money at all. We're not going to talk about profit and loss. We're mm-hmm. not going to talk about if we're making money, if this is, we're just going to do it. We're going to spend like we're a startup and what we were. Mm-hmm. And there's no template for this because nobody really has done anything of this scale. So we thought we're just going to do it and we're going to do it for two years. And then we're going to say, okay, Mm-hmm. Okay, we did two years. What did we do there? And we did it, and we were like, "Wow, we're 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 close to being profitable." So, and was the early cars car people you knew who had collections? Like, how did you convince er- people, like early adopters, so to get on board? Before I got here, I'm doing interview in eighteen <laughs> in 2018. Uh, we were doing, uh, you know, he had had his cars in here for about a year and a right. half, and so they were doing a Wednesday night open house. To car shows. So we were meeting people in the hobby that mm-hmm. were coming here for the open house and getting to know them. And, you know, one guy brought a car, another guy brought a car. But, you know, really what brought the cars was our marketing and what we've been able to do and with the drone footage and different things that we've done. Mm-hmm. So um, it was really – it was a thing that I I felt in my heart of hearts that would really work, but I really didn't know yeah. for sure. You know, it was certainly a crapshoot. And here we are moving further away from the kids and, mm-hmm. you know, we're going, we're going east from Lock Haven to Philadelphia area. And my wife's like, wait a minute. Well, I thought we were moving closer back to them. And I go, well, mm-hmm. but we're near an international airport, so that's closer and – 
some kind of theory or term. Or two whatever. years, we're not going to talk about profit loss. Yeah. We'll see how it rolls. And after two years, you were like, hold, hold. Oh, well, we've done it. We, oh, we've God. really done it. And wow. then mm-hmm. we were here, you know, we're here for, it'll be five years anniversary. Our fifth year anniversary is January the 1st. And, uh, it's amazing what the, the information that we found out that we didn't want to know in the beginning, we're starting to, you know, make ourselves look at like how far the consignments were coming from. And we realized that they weren't coming from as far of a distance as we'd like. And so we, which is great because we were able to fill it with cars that were really close, yeah. but we, we want to expand that horizon. So, uh, and, and a lot of that is by doing the shows that we do and, uh, all the events that we do, uh, all over the world. Um, it seems like, mm-hmm. um, we're doing the this weekend. We've got the uh, the the car show here at our place. We've got a gun show here at our place. So it's attracting thousands of people. Mm-hmm. We're in we're in uh, at Radnor Hunt at the Concord Elegance. We have five cars down there and on display. And our 1904 Cadillac has been invited to be in the Radnor Hunt Concord wow. Elegance. Nice. So it's the 1904 Model A Cadillac Roadster, uh, and uh, it is burgundy and it's really a cool car. It's one of my favorite cars that we have, and uh, it's actually in the show. And then our other five cars that we've taken down there are cars that are for sale in our display tent that we have where all the new car dealers are. Right. And then we're doing the Shades of the Past Rod Run in Pigeon Forge this weekend where we took our new truck and trailer down. And uh, our friend Harry Dinwiddie is working that show for us. And it's the last year for that show. They were at Dollywood Splash Country, which is owned by uh, the people who own Silver Dollar City, if you've ever heard of that theme park, and Dixie Stampede and some other attractions. They own Dollywood, with Dolly as the, the figurehead. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, it's in their parking lot. And, of course, you know, this time of year, a Saturday at a theme park or a, a, a water park – is not a good day to give up. You know, you're losing your parking lot and basically you're losing customers. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any car show could afford to pay what it would, what revenue you would lose from the, from that. So, um, and then coming up uh, next weekend, we've got the, the rod run in, back in Pigeon Forge for a three day show. Um, and then following that, we've got Chattanooga, which is another one in Tennessee. I'm drifting to Tennessee because that's, you know, my roots, my roots. Well, you know, people down there. I know a few people down there yep. and that helps as well too. And, uh, we're working on doing some other big events as as well to Amelia Island and uh, uh, that's in um, probably I'm not sure when they're going to do that this year but there's a lot of uh, different events that we go to to talk to people about cars and how the classic automall can help them when it's time to thin the herd or whatever it else you need it to be yeah and uh, you know it's it's funny we were talking uh, the last show about um, uh, the recap of Monterey and what happened out there uh, during that week-long car events and car auctions. $469 million worth of automobiles sold in Monterey. And, I mean, lots of – there was two eight-figure cars sold, which is more – you know, it's $10 million and above, beyond. Um, uh, lots of records broken. and uh, But listen to some of the highlights. All right. A 1972 Honda Z600. You remember what those looked like? They looked like a little roller skate. They were tiny, yeah, little no. hatchbacky looking okay. thing. 1972, as we were talking about, we didn't know. 72 you. Honda. 72. Oh Honda. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Fifty-six thousand dollars. What? Yes, fifty-six thousand dollars that car sold for. Wow. A '68 Cadillac DeVille convertible, a hundred and ten thousand dollars. No kidding. Listen to this: an '80 Mercedes-Benz 450 SL, which is a lot of people's bucket list cars. The 450 SL really morphed into the 560 SL because it's a better car. It's a, it's a epic car. Yeah. yeah. 1980 450 SL, $117,000. Huh. A 59 MGA twin cam roadster, $168,000. A 
There was some alcohol flowing. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> and a 1995, this is a car I really love, dear, near and dear to my heart, Porsche 928 GTS. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last, uh, they made them 93, 94, 95. They were the top version of the 928, $406,000. Oh, my God. Is that just unbelievable? Yeah. And it had a five-speed manual. Um, oh, oh, that explains at it. At <laughs> 16,000 miles on Holy it. Holy cow. Uh, the, the estimate on it was 225 to 275. <sighs> and the price guide will tell you 165 yeah. for a number one. Yeah. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Now, is it the most expensive 928 ever sold? Well, I know that would be the risky business 928 that sold, uh, where did that sell? Gooding. Um, when was that? Not Two, too long ago. Yeah. Huh? Uh, uh, no, it wasn't at Gooding. I don't know where it was. It was at uh, Bear Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was one of the big, uh, big $2 million dollars for the Risky Business 928. <laughs> of course, when that movie came out, I was of the right age that that, I wanted a 928 bad. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was the car. It was already my favorite car, and then the yeah. movie came out. <clears throat> 1995 Ferrari F512M. Yep. $780,000. Wow. I mean, these are cars that were 50, 60 grand not that long ago. Ferrari market is really, really strong. Big money. And uh, so, but isn't that interesting? I mean, the, mm-hmm. the, the numbers that these things are, are bringing is just phenomenal. And the new cars that they continue to make, and even though we keep getting the, you know, the sky is falling, uh, we just consigned a 2022 Corvette, a 3LT uh, car, 9,100 original miles. Nice. Which I'll, it has the carbon fiber package, package, which is like 30 grand option or something crazy. And it's orange. See, honey, I can say orange. She says I say orange. Um, and it's a really, really cool. And baby birds are flocking to classic auto. Are they? We're getting a lot of those. We've got a yellow one that's really beautiful in. And, mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about, uh, you know, value and, and, and that type of thing. And, and wh- one of the interesting things is about talking about celebrity ownership and mm-hmm. how that creates value in a car. And does it always work? Not, not generally. Steve McQueen cars? Through the roof. Right. Paul Newman cars through the roof. And the other guy who was in Fast and Furious. If his oh, yeah, Paul Walker. Paul Walker. Yeah, with his stuff. I mean, through money. the roof. Yeah. Batmobile, TV car, through yeah. the roof. Well, we have a Batmobile yes, here. Yes, we do. Um, but, you know, but does every celebrity provenance mean anything? No. If you have a four-door 1948 Mercury sedan... That was an, in, on a backlot scene in... Canon? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, even in some uh, obscure movie you've never even heard yeah. of. Went straight to video. Right. It's not going to make that car probably any more valuable than it is because it's not valuable to begin with. <laughs> you know, collectible items need to be something that are desirable. Just because they made one of one... So, you know, you can break down almost any car. This is one of one if you count that all of them... This was the only one with an AM radio because they ran out of AM, mm-hmm. FM radios. Or this is one of five in Chartreuse. Nobody cares. Nobody likes chartreuse. I'm sorry. I don't, the chartreuse people don't call me. That's right. <laughs> Why I even, you know, but it's, it's interesting that certain celebrity ownership means a lot. Burt Reynolds smoking the band at Trans Am, you know, that was through, through the money. Mm-hmm. If there was a Trans Am that was in some movie that, uh, was, you know, a bit player and yeah, it was on a movie, but it really, you know, didn't mean much to it or there was, it wasn't a hero. Right. You know, what they call the cars that are the main car is the hero car. And the reason is, is because it's as much a part of the movie as the actors are or the setting is or whatever. And even some replicas like the Dukes of Hazard replicas. Sure, are, are, sure, sure. They, if they're well done, they get, they yeah, get, they get they, good money. They get good money. But anyway, uh, hope to see you out on the road uh, when we're doing these shows or coming here to uh, visit us here at Classic Auto Mall. And if you know somebody who uh, would uh, enjoys going to car shows within about four or 500 miles of here and want to make a little extra money, for going and doing what you love, what a great thing. We do that every day here. Uh, give me a call, 
227-0914 or podcast at classicautomall.com. You can reach us. And our website, classicautomall.com, gets about a million visitors a month, and mm-hmm. it's uh, constantly changing. So we're constantly adding and removing inventory as it sells and doesn't sell. But uh, if you get a chance, and uh, next week on the show will be somebody, we hope. We don't know who, but uh, or it'll just us. Talking just, cars. Talking cars. So anyway, we'll check you next week, and uh, have a great weekend. See you. We appreciate your listening to our show today. And don't forget, when you're in southeastern Pennsylvania, come visit us in person. We're open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday is our late day, and we're here from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturdays, we're open from 9 a.m. to noon, and we are closed on Sundays. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. The Classic Automall Podcast is produced by Car Smarts Media. Theme song by the Pat Travers Band. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.